you're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. I forgot to do that, so I'm doing it now. How you doing, guys? Well, fantastic. How are you doing, Gray? Doing all right. I've been spending my time, as we talked about in last week's episode, organizing all of my stuff. I've found so much more stuff. And my friend Jesus, who actually we'll talk about a little bit more later, recommended putting magazines in binders. So I've been doing that as well. And I got these huge three ring binders with some sleeves and I've been sorting my magazines, mostly noise, experimental and film related stuff, not like my collection of old biker mags and porno and stuff like that, but yet, and some of that, you know, some of that stuff's really odd size. So, but Anything kind of tabloid size or chapbook size or whatever, you can fit really nicely. So like those Malignant and Triple R catalogs we went through for episodes years ago, those are now in a binder folded flat in a thing. So they're just safe and not in That's one place. That's awesome. I love that. That rules. Well, that was a lot of fun going through your stuff last week. And today, it being Valentine's Day, bloody <laughs> Valentine's Day, Today, Noise Extra is for lovers, so we wanted something romantic to discuss and landed on the necrophony 10-inch. What could be more romantic than this? And for today's extra segment, keeping on theme, we're going to discuss some favorite porn. And some porn recommendations. We're all about the romance. That's right. To keep things romantic for all you listeners on bloody Valentine's Day. So. I was so sad that I didn't get to dig through Grace's stuff yesterday. I really do. In yesterday, last episode, uh, I really do like digging through stuff. Yeah. As we had stated, there was a flooding incident that happened preventing our schedules from lining up but we did have a lot of fun a great now did you find anything new since that episode that you were super psyched on and and wish we would have showed it on the episode uh, i found a lot of stuff really it's been fairly ridiculous some things are kind of specific to just memories I have of those things which is part of what that whole episode was right oh here's this thing i got this flyer i went to this show yeah. And so there's been a lot of that uncovering little things, notes. People have written me that have heard things that I've mentioned in there, whatever that was in reference to them or mm -hmm. friends of theirs, which is also fun. And I found some good photos. I posted a couple photos of Taint from when I went to see him in 2000 yeah. that I came across. And I got these four by six uh, pages to stick these things into. So now I can archive the photos and a lot of the postcards that I've been collecting too. That's so cool. Those pictures of taint that you showed us a while ago i assume right the yeah from that just, show in grand rapids yeah they just move around sometimes because i've taken them out to do some scanning and they're not with my other photos from that era right now actually i think there is copies of those in there i, I would always get duplicates made when i would do photos uh and just yeah going through I think the patron saw in the video, the bookshelf behind us that was just stacked with stuff. And I was, I went through a lot of that stuff that was <laughs> odd sized paper. I found some collages that John Weiss and myself had made that were eight and a half by 11. So those are all filed away in those things, protective sleeves, that kind of stuff too. archiving. We, we didn't look at the back of the book, but the back of the book is where I've been archiving collage masters, 
and oh, things like that I've made. Stuff. Yeah, mm. I'm, it'll probably break out into a separate binder at some point. I've just started in one binder. When that binder's full, I'm going to go, okay, what doesn't belong in here? Is it all the mail order catalogs take up too much space or all of my personal stuff should go in a different binder? And now that I'm doing magazines, I have another binder hidden in the closet that's uh, every issue of The Rape of Angels. Since those were done yeah, tabloid size yeah, folded, yeah, love and it. I've, yeah. those have been stored this way for a long time to protect them mm-hmm. in a really thin binder, like one of those one inch three ring binders. And I'm gonna probably pop those out and put them in here with the other magazines and some of that stuff. You know, another binder that I have that's floating around is the uh, In Out of Uniform Black Leather Jesus interview oh, yeah. and the hospital. the hospital thing with the rosary in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's next Fantastic. to my rape of angels uh, collection in, in a closet somewhere. Perfect placement. And yeah, anyone wants to see some issues of rape of angels a while back, we did a video on the Patreon showing off some of those rape of angels, some of the coolest zines ever done by Mark Solotroff back in the 90s, something that we all hold near and dear. I'm really glad that everybody got a a taste and a glimpse of how we managed to cram so much into these small portions of Los Angeles real estate. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Really, you got to maximize, as Gray is saying, in a closet somewhere. But but truly, it's like, how many closets do you actually have? You got one, you got two. Yeah, that's like everybody. It's great. We use uh, our our kitchen cabinets that are really, really high for other media and equipment. Yeah, I mean, you've just got to, wherever you can find it in these smaller places. The Rape of Angels is actually continually inspiring source Mm -hmm. for me the idea of doing a newsletter like that is really appealing to me and i've actually conceptualized and designed some like in indesign i've done layouts and everything for them but haven't gotten to the point where i've quite decided the content to fill them with but i want to do i love the initiation services newsletters as you saw in the video and we talked about in the thing those are all like i love a newsletter i got a package from new forces it came with an organ of cordy uh like interview on an insert i like it when you get those sorts of things the noise accordion from sata tuhata like those things i think are really interesting with a, maybe a little interview a little what's coming maybe a review maybe talking about some just relevant thing and then the the regular updates they've been lost in the internet age to some degree and i'm happy to see them coming back and i i've been Wanting to do something like that and had a number of different ideas for something contradict specific, but haven't quite embarked on it yet. But now going through all this stuff, I'm seeing more and more the value of those things and how much I love them. So it's only fueling it further. Yeah, obviously it was something we felt was important from the beginning of initiation services and wanted to continue that and will continue that. In fact, we're working on our newest one right now. So it should mm-hmm. be heading out soon. But yeah, it's the the idea of keeping this print in print in print. Physical is, media yeah, super, circulating. Super, super important. And, and and a lot of people have have continued. Obviously, something like special interests is keeps going and and will continue to go. And the more the merrier. We are all here for it and something that we all love and cherish. And yeah, going through all your stuff just enforced that feeling sure did you know one thing that i i don't really know where to store it is this goddamn 10 inch (laughs) yeah yeah right i mean it it is it is always been such a strange one with the incredible packaging but hey before we get to that 10 inch 
Let's talk about some recent listening. What do you say? Can do. What have you been listening to? Great. Well, we just did a real blaster of a recent listening last episode. So yeah, been, about a half uh, hour. If anyone uh, hasn't gotten to that episode yet, about a half hour of recent listening. Yeah. I've been reading through this book. Exhalation by Ted Chang. It's a collection of sci-fi short stories. And I was listening to betting on death last night by Ron. Oh, nice. While reading that. Uh, Love it. Fit the mood really nicely. A the story I was reading is one of the longer ones in the book about software, almost like Digimon software pets that are then abandoned in their virtual world. Sort of, they're taught to right. They're 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 lost digital pets. Yeah, but really, a lot of interesting ideas brought up in it. But I've been enjoying that book and. Thanks. It's going to make me feel extra guilt about my dead Tamagotchis from days of yore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this presents a really interesting idea for what the reality of that is, especially as they're more AI driven and taught to learn and emote and whatever. It's, it is an interesting story. I actually haven't finished reading it yet. I had a few pages left before I got quite tired. So <laughs> well, I wasn't that just a chilling thought. Like we need more feelings in the world. Thank you. AI. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and uh, thanks to the friend who sent me that book and recommended it also. And so uh, betting on death is just classic, classic stuff. And I've been oh, yeah. thinking about, well, Dark Entries released a new, old, lost record by Ike Yard, who their their record on Factory is a classic and super weird drum programming, strange vocals, just a really unique, unique record. And this new record follows suit with that. And so they kicked me off listening to that uh, 1982 by Ike Yard from Dark Entries, which I will definitely link if you like stuff in the... Oh, I don't know. It's a drum machine percussion workout industrial weirdness. But then Stuart Argebright was also in the project Black Rain, and I've been listening to a good amount of Black Rain. You know, he did some of the scoring for the William Gibson Neuromancer audiobook that Gibson himself reads that I've raved about uh, numerous times, one of my favorite audiobooks. And that stuff was collected along with some pieces made for the Johnny Mnemonic soundtrack uh, on a, I think it's a blackest ever black record. Now I'm just a number and that's really good. And then I noticed that uh, friends over at DKA records issued a uh, black rain metal rain, 1989 to 1993 collection of black rain four piece industrial rock band. It's, it's more Neubauteny than Swansea, but it has, elements of that some synth and also some on the digital there i don't think they're on the actual lp press some really cool noise collage weird synth pieces and i've been really hyped on that after listening to how cool the the ike yard stuff was and getting back into that headspace going on to this was really cool so those have been things that i've been pretty excited about in the last few days i've been texting you about them (laughs) i know yeah 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 and also Chad Davis, a subclinic, put out a new tape under his own name, a study on a psychosis of decay. 
heavy loop work eroding soundscapes and uh, been listening to that one as well. And that's it. Like I said, we did that huge recent listening drop in the last episode and I'm, I'm still listening, but that was not too long ago. And uh, yeah. What about you, Conley? I know, I know you also had a ton to say, but Terry didn't. That's, <laughs> that is true. Yeah, absolutely. So we are still in a bad sector zone. How have you been enjoying that, Tara? The bad sector zone has been fantastic. I think it's been perfect given the new hobby I picked up this week of boot repair. That is true. Which is a ridiculous thing, but as anybody listening knows, I have full confidence that you have had a pair of boots that you love crap out on you. And then you get really angry when you have to buy a new pair. So I am learning boot repair right now. Uh, hit me up if, if you have any tips or if you want some tips, because I love it. But Bad Sector is a fantastic soundtrack for focusing on minutiae and details and sanding with fine-grained sandpaper and getting strange uh, rubber paint all over your hands, picking little stitches. Uh, it's been really, really good. So if you have something fiddly to do, uh, hit up Bad Sector. Well, Tara, isn't it just cheaper to buy a new pair of pleasers? <laughs> you know what, Greg? They're not as cheap as they used to be. Uh, I will say that. Uh, and and I'm and I'm working on a few, uh, let's say, top coats. And I will refurbish my favorite uh, red knee high pleasers that sit over next to the red and uh, next to the uh, record player. So stay tuned. Absolutely. And Tara. How do you feel about that new Lasuria? Oh my God. The new Lasuria made me say wow out loud so many times. It is fantastic. I It's a perfect record to listen to if you're really uh, in your head and, and just kind of want to stare into the distance and be within yourself. It's also the perfect record to drive around a, a gloomy or a sunny city. Uh, it's also a great record just to throw on. Pretty much at any time, I agree. sitting in a room, reading, having fun, not having fun. I love the new Lasuria record so much. And then why am I blanking on the track where the beat drops in and just blows your mind? Well, it's the, the flagellation star track that is just absolutely a standout. It's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. It is really unreal. Incredible. You know how we feel. And about I can't, it. and the artwork yeah. just Classic. slayed me. Uh, the photo of Jim laying at the foot of stairs destroyed me as well. well. I don't you I don't know what that is because I saw you post that. It's that's not. I mean, it might be. Well, I on know the it's art. not the album art, but it's. Also, I mean, it might be. I don't know. But releasing like a fabulous photo in conjunction with your fantastic release that directly relates to the artwork on there. I think it's brilliant, and I love it. And I'm I'm here for that type of content because I'm so into the record. Yeah, it's it is really. Fantastic. And I wasn't here last week. Uh, unfortunately 
to also discuss how much I've enjoyed the new Departure Chandelier album. I did, I'm oh, sure yeah. you guys discussed Actually, that. Actually, didn't I wasn't on the the recent listening. Be, oh, ma- mainly because it's something we've listened to so much, but uh, having finally gotten the actual yeah, physical I mean, we've heard LP, it a lot, but the the red, white, and blue vinyl. Yeah, the, like, the liners, oh God, the, the, the pictures, everything. It the is, high gloss, reading along. It's, yeah. Oh, my God. It's absolutely. It's, it's opulent is can, what it is. Absolutely. Decadent. And cannot wait, of course, to see Departure Live. And also can't wait to see Beharit live. And we've been listening to a lot of Beharit specifically Drawing Down the Moon, which is just really one of the greatest. Drawing Down is mm-hmm. so black. good. Drawing Down an Oath it's, or really it's a, it's just, well, yeah. just do but it it's for just, me. It, drawing Down is just so, every time you go back to it, you it, it, it's, there's no other record that sounds like it. I love the, the whispered vocals, mm-hmm. the guttural. Yeah. And then vocals. the, and then the guttural and then the, the strange synths and you know, that song Summerlands is just, I think it's gotta be nighttime for Beharit for me. Yeah. No, Beharit I, it's, at night, it's nighttime. It feels weird in the sunny. Yeah. It's nighttime. Sunny sunshine of day. Well, we'll be seeing him at nighttime in Japan. So definitely yes. been listening to a lot of Beharit. Also, a new CD released by the guy on the screen across from us, Hasufel. Oh yeah, Kendrick <laughs> CD. Come on, it's been been a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, been been waiting for that one. Knew about it a long time ago, and glad it is finally in our hands. Great project. Love the track on the Variant Weapons comp. Love the tape from. A while ago. Oh, that tape it, was really good. I would probably yeah. do the CD of that one, the Winter on the Hill Camorra. Yeah. I actually went back to it while doing this, and yeah. I'm really happy with how that all came out, too. I think that's a really special one. Yeah, definitely. So that's been really cool to listen to, as well as the Black Leather Jesus Top on Trial CD that came out with the Hasafel. Fantastic Black Leather Jesus. Uh, love it. I uh, have not jammed the Mind Scrubber yet, but it is literally on the pile of two jam CDs, which we've been whittling away. So it mm-hmm. is going to be imminent that we get to the Mind Scrubber. So great new Kendrick back jet is rounded out by Sleeping with the Earth that we have enjoyed for a while. Yeah, I know you were uh, chopping so, at the bit for a while to talk about that one in recent yeah. listening because I gave it to great you so one. long ago. <laughs> yeah, great one. So, so all four are awesome. So make sure to pick those up. But yeah, really, really enjoyed. Great batch to start out the year. Great. Yeah, Thanks. we've been practicing a ton. So we've been listening that, to each other mostly. That is true. Kind of what's been taking up behind on recent listening. I that feel. is true. Gearing up for the March 3rd show, as mentioned in last week's episode, we'll probably mention it leading up to the show because we hope to see everyone there in Los Angeles at Genghis Cohen, March 3rd, Yellow Gas Flames, FFH. It's going to be incredible. See you in San Amiable and as well as great DJing. So got a new mixer, got a couple new pedals because we're ready. sometimes you just need a little bit of some freshening new, up some, when you've been using the same a new gear pedal for a while. Just sometimes makes that set just that a little more fun, uh, even if it's just another version of something. It just it feels like you're just oh I got a new a new thing to make it a little more fun. And I gotta say, like we got the most classic. Sweet water garbage bag of candy that could be possessed. It had um, the highlight was bit of honey, which I, was bit of honey is the only thing I eat out of the sweet water bag. Pretty so much tell edible. You right now. Bit of honey, <laughs> banana, banana laffy, laffy taffy, taffy oh, which rough. 
that's only for true, true psychopaths. Uh, and uh, what else? Dad's uh, root beer hard candy. Like a root beer barrel? Yeah, I'm, a root I'll, beer barrel. Uh, I'll mess with a root beer barrel. No, you know, it's not I worth mean, it. honestly, we, we... And then like a vanilla Tootsie Roll. We tossed them, but... A peppermint. But Always the it, peppermint. It does make you think because they're... They, I, like... Is it, is it, are they ribbing us? I mean, I mean, yes. who, like, because it's are not they like eating all the good flavors is what I'm asking. Like a the little good, mini Snickers. It's not a little mini Reese's cup. <laughs> no. Like it's like, it'd be the last of the Halloween candy. But I get the it's, chocolate it with milk. It is. <laughs> I get the chocolate with milk, but I'm saying the people at Sweetwater, they're calling you on the phone every 10 minutes. They're popping all the good candy. They're taking the cherry Laffy Taffy. You know what I mean? They're eating all the dumb, dumb suckers. Cause those are good. Like any flavor. I'd even eat a root beer one you know what i mean like they're taking all the good stuff they're taking the fireball but then, like but then jaw the, droppers they're eating the runts the they're way, doing all the good stuff the way they come and I, and again i i have a good feeling that a lot of people listening know exactly what we're talking about it is legendary of they course definitely but yeah. they're coming the it's shrink it's a shrink wrapped sweet water plastic thing so i mean are they getting these made or are they getting the candy and then making them and then and then sealing they, it? That's a good question. If they do it like in the warehouse, <laughs> someone's just packing them and, and heat sealing them with like some custom printed plastic surface. I, I don't know. You know, pro tip for all of our friends out there. I, I work nights and some days if you order something and it ships on a whatever, whatever day. Sweetwater will, you know, they call you. They're going to call you. Oh, oh hey, yeah. Hey, just checking in on, you know, whatever. Tell them you don't want them to call you. And they will stop calling you because they they were calling me for a while about things. And oh. sometimes I would work, you know, until 3 a.m. and then whatever, get to sleep. And then they're calling me at 10 a.m. to tell me congratulations on your new pedal or whatever. And I'm like, dude, I, no, I'm not in the you woke me up. Go away. And so tell them not to call. It's really funny because my sister ordered my nephew, our nephew, a, a, a keyboard. He's, he's learning how to keyboard. play keyboard and, and she she sent me the link to the keyboard she was thinking about getting and it was from Sweetwater and I was like yeah it, I was like we you know everyone we all order from Sweetwater that's where you order I go but heads up you're literally gonna get a call and multiple emails and probably multiple calls right after you order and she texted me today she's like yep she's like place that order and got two called. calls and three emails <laughs> I was like yep yeah okay I would think I've been thinking about the Sweetwater situation do you think the quality of candy represents how much you spend. Like they put the really no, good candy No, I've never heard anyone in. getting good candy. I have a Sweetwater I, credit card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, get any better away. candy yeah, than anyone uh, else. Uh, <laughs> who, 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 who doesn't? Who has ever actually just bought something? Who doesn't just use the Sweetwater card? <laughs> uh, no interest for a year? Yeah, all right, that's fine. That's free money. That's, that's, that's how you do it. $8 a month? Sure. <laughs> Take it out that's of my really auto funny. pay. It's, yeah. it's really good. That's that's uh that's ruthless. And Gray, uh, there's one more thing that I know you've also been listening to. You know what? I and was going to interject with that right at the end of this. So, yes, thank you. Well, there <laughs> oh, my you God. Go. I'm watching you guys read each other's minds and I have no idea what you're going to say. It is pretty great. And yes. it is the new record by Mammal. Oh, and yes. It is, man, I, oh. I wrote him when. I and the first listen, I was like, dude, 
pitch black lyrics. That's what I said. He's like, yep. I'm like, Jesus. But that's every mammal record for the last. This yes. is, I feel yeah. like this is, yeah. I feel 100%. like this one is darker than even the more recent ones. I don't know. Lonesome Drifter, Let Me Die. They're, they were all pretty, pretty dark too. I, I, this is, this is an evolution certainly. And I feel like there's more lyrics or there are even more. Maybe that's what in it your is. Face you know? On this one, but uh, really love the new mammal record deserted beautiful classic great photo of of gary on there <laughs> yes love yes. the back cover love the his handwritten style love that it's on a new label all all of the things that i could like about it i like about it and he had sent it to me and it took me a couple minutes took me a, a little while to listen to it because i know what a new mammal record means First off, it means I'm not going to hear another new mammal record for another half decade. Right, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and, and second off, it means that I have to pay attention to it on on that, especially on that initial listen, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of nuance. And also, I've known him for over 20 years, as have you. We talked yeah. about him on the on the tour episodes in the early day, you know, any of that stuff. And so, someone I have a very deeply personal connection with. And his music is also very deeply personal. You you have to listen to it right for us. At least I feel like you have to listen to it properly for those who maybe don't know him as well. It might be an easier uh, thing to throw on. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's no, it, it's, it's very intense and really loved that Lake and sand record from a while back. And th- this one is, I would say a, a follow-up to that, but more in more electronic, you know, with the the drum machine and and the the more of a sizzle to it, whereas that one was was way more stripped down. But this is still pretty stripped down, and it was and it's in the notes. It's mostly recorded live. It said so. Yeah, just re- really, really great. Totally unlike any other record. It's truly its own thing in the best way. So. Highly recommend picking up the new Mammal, of course. I have a link to the, that as well as other stuff we've talked about today. So you can go support Gary directly. Do you have a favorite lyric from the record? Uh, uh, I had, I, I wrote him some uh, when I was listening to it. I, I wrote a few lines to him. And honestly, right off the top of my head, it's I don't have it at the, yeah. at the tip of my brain. What about you? I mean, it's an easy one because it's the first line in the first song on the record. Oh, right. The the first song is called Song About Death, and the first line is, and I'm sick of all the songs about death. Yeah. It's, but, but, but it's like, but this is but, but this that, is But that's water. what this song is about, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not sick about songs of death because I like that song. So there you go. And yeah, no, uh, absolutely fantastic. So always shout out to Gary. Yes, I just will, of course, link the band camp, but there's a wealth of great stuff to go back and revisit, too. So really, uh, any of you know, I have a I have a painting by him that hangs in my house um, like, any, you know, I, I really love his art and his style in all of this stuff. So, and yeah, Lake and Sand. I don't know how I didn't list that one when I was listing great mammal records, of course, but uh, that was over a decade ago. So crazy. So crazy. <laughs> so crazy to think that. It's it's so crazy. Well, more than over a decade ago, but spanning a decade, would be the Necrophony 10-inch. I mentioned 
this being a pain to file, you know, sometimes you got to figure out where to put your MSBR intensification and your necrophony <laughs> 96 to 06, 10 inches that won't damage the things next to them, right? Your, your indecent liberty is wrapped in chicken wire. You can't just put that next to your, my candle has died. You can't do it. <laughs> no, you sure can't. Well, we learned a lot of lessons with your, my candle has died. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So this one is in this beautiful textured black paper with a lace up corset back cover and the dogma chase logo affixed in the lower corner. It's a really a unique package for this 10 inch. They did a wonderful job with it. And I, I don't have to open mine to get the stuff out, which is also nice, right? Like it opens at the top and you can slide the record and the insert out without having to unlace it. Cause I would do a, a bad job with that. I don't need to worry about it. And such a strange 10 inch, you know, necrophony being, M nothing, AKA Marco Corbelli, our Lord and savior and Devis G of Teatro Satanico and Lunis and uh, necrophilia when that was the, also a project they did together. So necrophony though, especially with how this a side, the 2006 material starts for me, makes me think of a turntable. And that's because of the cyclic grinding nature of this, opening noise before the synth comes in there's this deep churning mess that it feels very turntable-esque to me i see a face Connolly's making here and i'm no it's interesting i i didn't go to turntable i mm -hmm. i was feeling tape because of the necro quality of the sound i i i'm i'm totally open for that it just didn't click and yeah it's it opens with this low and old necro sounding noise and when that synth comes in the this bright synth work that really complements the necro mm -hmm. noise once that comes in you are in for the rest of the side more or less Once the synth comes in, this piece continues for 10 minutes doing its thing, but there are details revealed in that churning noise sound. There are things that I start to pick out, maybe just through more active listening. And to a point, even I focused more on the noise than on the synth, which seems to be, you know, would be the lead or the forefront. The noise would be the base, right? Of this piece. I really was focusing on that and listening for the subtle details in it. While this synth work, it's not traditionally Marco styled. And I would say it almost reminded me of Astro, something that you would hear like in a CCCC, like more cosmic kind of a more cosmic approach to the synth sound, a more sci-fi approach to it. Whereas it does have the exploratory feel that we do expect from Marco, but also it has a different quality to it. Well, we were postulating who was doing what. Which half, yeah. Right? So 
maybe that isn't Marco synth. Maybe that's Devis. Maybe Marco's doing the noise. So we we that was one thing we were discussing while listening to this is mm-hmm. we were asking ourselves who we thought was doing what. Yeah, and and it wasn't over it's not overbearing fantastical space ray. It's it's this nice galactic ebb and flow. I think this track is still organic adjacent. It's not overloaded. It's still very, very heavy. Like it's maximal minimalism. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, housed in the corset. Mm -hmm. Laced up within the record. Housed up in the laced corset packaging. It just adds this necroerotic feel to it, right? So, so you, you then because you're given the name and you're given the packaging, so then you go with that this is sexual and this is a very dark eroticism. Uh, and it, it really adds to the overall effect. And yeah, just postulating because you don't think of Marco being so controlled with the synth, because the way the synth comes in is very controlled, mm-hmm. but maybe that was his approach to the, to a different project. Like in this project, I'm going to be very controlled in the synth as opposed to just going in the moment and letting loose. Well, or, it is later in time. It's 2006. You know, it's, it's, it's building upon been, uh, yeah. a long history of operating. A that, synth. That's true. And, and if all recorded in 2006, this would have of course been in some of his very, very last recordings. So that could be, also why it sounds different. But again, that's what's great about different projects, different approaches. And one thing that we were also discussing while listening to this, and I wanted to postulate this to you, Gray, is that idea of for the entire side of this 10-inch, for about 10 minutes, yes, there are subtle movements and changes, but overall, you're not getting the rug pulled. You're There's not twists and turns what to you gray makes that effective sometimes and then other times not right because sometimes that is not effective in this case it is effective and do you have an idea at least for your own listening when that's effective and when that is not effective this 10 inch was better than i remembered it, you know, if I had thought of it when we decided to do it, I was like, I think it's pretty good. But in actually listening to it and embracing especially that strange synth sound and the very static nature of the background. I I also had thoughts of who's doing what, but I think the tonal quality, the packaging, the length of the piece, the sporadic nature of the synth where it is not on some easy clock. It's not some thing that is sequenced and it doesn't go necessarily along with any cyclic revolutions in the bassier tone. So it's offset from it. And I'm not sure what it is that makes that work sometimes and not other times but the the quality of the bass noise the that gross churning does a lot for this piece and really anchors that in a way that i don't think like another synth would have yeah and for me when i was thinking about that i can listen to something like a 
like a side of a mouth housing tape, a 30 minute side that doesn't change a ton. And I'm so happy and I love where I'm at. I think it might also have to do with, with the palette of the noise. Cause for me, uh, something super loud, harsh, that's unchanging for 10 minutes. Ah, I just, I, 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 you know, my my boner goes away after a minute or two but when it's when it has when it's more necro sounding like this then i can just you're just maintaining death energy you're not yes. like ramping up into something indefinitely you know what's funny is i'd forgotten something in my recent listening that i just remembered that i would listen to before betting on death in fact that was what i went to after this other thing and talking about blasting harsh noise i listened to the final Richard Ramirez Ravine of Spears release oh, on yeah, Hospital. Yeah, yeah. And that mm-hmm. has a very interesting mix also of a more synth or drony tone. Yes. And what I believe, and this is just, you know, gesticulation, uh, is Richard's noise work, but it's mixed in such a way that it's quiet and more delicate when paired with these droning sounds. And Something about that mix really spoke to me, especially last night. I was thinking about this. It's funny how you can just forget something that you you listen to. You know, like I said, I was reading when I put stuff on to read. It's usually more to have a nice background. I can't listen to anything with with distinct uh, rhythms or vocals or anything like that when I'm reading. And so listening to that and then listening to this and and pairing them together is a funny thing because it it makes sense and. It is the tonal quality of the noise, and it is also the mix that helps it. I would say even on this track, you could probably turn the synth down a little bit, and it would be fine. But I understand you want to get some of the overtones, weird harmonic content, whatever, of that zap in there. And as the volume goes down, that stuff gets lost in the background. Both of these tracks are enhanced by the the words that are added to the album, right? The yes, noise is more than music. Music pertains to entertainment. Noise pertains to reality. Yes, I love and so that. So when you have that is is you know pretty much the only written words on the album, you're lending some weight to everything you're hearing because totally. you're expanding what you think you know the metaphor is, what you think the purpose is. You're giving a new context. So I. I read that first. And then in listening to this track, I was like, yeah, you know, reality is confusion. Reality can be disordered. Reality can be harsh, you know, like thinking of reality can be monotonous. Reality can be absolutely boring and monotonous, you know, just, just thinking about that kind of the ebb and flow, uh, reality is entrapment. Right. So, and especially I'm sure that's the way Marco thought of it. So I, I, I know, I think that those words, emblazoned on the packaging along with the ties, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's not just like a sexual corset. It's, it's also being bound. All, all of those things can enhance a track like this. Whereas if you, if you don't give a good context, if you don't have an interesting title or interesting artwork, I can see where somebody might get bored. Oh, uh, the context is so much. And, and yeah, with the, with the name of the project, the lace up, the, the sexual nature of the project mm-hmm. by just the fact that Marco's involved in it yeah. to the corset, to the name, and then no, you know, also under the name, you know, necrophile. Right. So it all adds up to 
something that's greater than the sum of his parts. And Tara, you did something that I, I guess I never really question. I, I guess I had in my, in mind what I thought the cover image was, but Tara, you did some, some detective work and <laughs> you did figure out more or less what this cover is. Well, I mean, I got to stay true to my character and, and automatically disclaimer myself. No, uh, you don't. It is what it is. <laughs> you, you compared it. It's 100% so, what so it initially is. Initially, when I saw this album, I, I thought it looked uh, very volvic That's what, uh, on I've, the cover. I've always thought it was a blurry, up-close picture of a, of, of, of like a spread open yeah. pussy. So, but but I, I think it's actually a... a an obscured woodcut of a geisha. Yeah, that's totally what it is. And and when you look at it far away and you squint your eyes a little bit, it's 100% what it is. And Tara found- Ray looks very skeptical. It, 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 you can see the lips and you totally can see Totally see it now with the uh, like parasol yeah. Dude, in right? the hair. Yep. yep, everything. Yep. I thought it was almost like a, like a medical picture blurred out. No, I see it now. I, it's that's totally, isn't that crazy? Funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I, I do think it's a beautiful image. Like the the black, the red, the paint, all of it uh, is is lovely. But I think it's an obscure. I I kind of think I found the woodcut, but we'll see. I'll send it to you later, Gray. Yeah, right. I'm pretty. I'm almost positive it's exactly what you found. Yeah. So no, it's it's. I, I it totally blew my mind because mm. I had never considered that. And then also uh, being into shoe repair. If anyone has any interest in, in putting rivets on a release or on shoes, it's truly not that hard. Uh, it's, it's pretty cheap. You just get, um, a tool that you can tap with a hammer and you can rivet just about anything. Same goes for snaps. You can do snaps and rivets. It's super duper easy. You want to make a release and have it snap closed with a shiny snap takes 10 seconds. Doing it tomorrow. Perfect. Love a snap. Yes, we haven't even talked about 1996 side of mm -hmm. this record. That is true. And I have to say, I, again, I'm, with the recording information being only the year, I would have, if you would have asked me when the first side was recorded, I would have said also 96. It doesn't feel <laughs> like 2006 because it, it, it has an old feel to it. The funny thing about 96 as a side is that it does feel older to me that maybe not older, but it feels like it's taking more risks, which would be something I would expect maybe in the first few years of the project existing. Because uh, we don't see drum machine like this on a lot of stuff, especially not in this way. And I also figuring out who did what is, you know, there's only one person right now that knows and it's Devis, but I attribute this drum machine to him. Tatra Satanico was no stranger to some crude drum machine. And so that plotting drum machine that kicks this thing off, I 
really thought was him at work there. And then there's a, it's, I, I wrote baseline in my notes, but it's, yeah, it's a little bit. I know what you mean though, but it's like muted and hazy. It's not really there. And then there's that electro fry sizzle synth that comes in and that feels closer to some Marco synth that we would expect. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of strange harmonics in that too, that appear and get pulled out of that synth at different times that I thought was really, really interesting. And at times the synth can be really overbearing. It's really in your face and attacking. And at other times it, it just phases right out of existence. It's a push and pull throughout the whole Mm -hmm. track. That's great. And then that steady drum machine that goes throughout the whole thing, just giving it the anchor and then the push and pull of the synths. It's it's so great. It's cold and hot. It's like, it's like a, it's like an icy machine shop where things are boilingly hot in, in the mechanical works. Yeah, absolutely. And so it gives you, you could, again, kind of like Tara, you were saying with the Lasuria, this one could be listened to on so many different yeah. days yeah. and so many different settings, and you're going to feel differently about it each time. Yeah, you're like, this is cold. This is hot. This is intensity. Oh, well, this is, um, you know, more laid back. It's. I think this can be very, very subjective, but yeah. overall, I did like the plugging forward yeah, yeah. of everything. I was like, this is the machine of reality. This is also being daunted by reality. This is decay. Like everything's so simple, but to hear, you know, I assume there were three parts, maybe I'm crazy, but uh, it was just such a beautiful simplicity that just decays in uh, fades away. Yeah, absolutely. It's like eroding a pair of shoes that you love. <laughs> <laughs> I what a great weird 10 inch and the again these two collaborated under numerous names one of the thoughts that necrophilia of course being the other one that did a couple cassettes and one of the thoughts I had while listening to this was noting the credit for Marco as M nothing, which he would be credited as on a few different releases, uh, maybe seven or so years ago, old Europa did a seven inch under the name M nothing was at morgue. He's credited with artwork on a number of slaughter releases as M nothing. It, it makes me wonder what the requirement or conditions for the use of that name was and how it differs from the other Atrax Morgue or Marco Corbelli credits that he would give himself. Right. I, I don't really, I don't really know what I can't, I couldn't tell you yeah. why that name, I guess only he could tell you why that name. Right. You right. What, when did he decide to use that When did he decide to use his own name? Uh, and I love that. I love those, that obscurity. And this project is obscure, right? Cause there's, there's, there's this 10 inch, there's a self-release tape that seems to have been released by Devis. There's a CD and there's a live in Tokyo, which I unclear that might also be on that self-release tape. Cause there's signify that it's part of his record in Tokyo. So it might be that I don't know, but that's about it 
for a necrophony. So it is an obscure project, and I like making it more obscure, him using that name. Absolutely. I, I just, I'm still just sitting here wondering and wondering why, why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, what makes it an M nothing uh, thing and what, and what was the collaboration with Devis? Like, obviously those two had a pretty significant bond and worked together on a, yeah. a number of things. Well, I think Gray, you have many aliases and I would say Probably the reason that you use one at any given time can vary wildly. It's true. That's true. Like yeah. you get tired of one and you're just like, I'm tired of being that. I'm going to be something else right now. Yeah. That's the thing is we create these, these ideas and in, in this world, we can do that. We can, we can say who we are. We can not say who we are. We can assume people know who we are and then they don't or they, they think they know who everyone <laughs> yeah, it's is always wild. And, then, and then they're sometimes right they're sometimes wrong they're half right they're half wrong but i love that I, and i love the the continuation of the questions and the mystery that surrounds all this stuff we talk about mm -hmm. and and that's something that we'll we'll never get sick of looking at and yeah this 10 inch perfect for some romance untie that corset if you if you feel you can tie it back up untie it let it hang out on this day and just let this necro noise, this necro romance take over your speakers. Fantastic tension. I'm so psyched that we did this and a, a, a little Marco in another time of the year, not, not just October all year. We can listen yeah. to Marco, right? All year. Uh, absolutely. So really great 10 inch necrophony. 1996 to 2006. Great day to listen to it. And a great day. I'm sure Marco would agree to watch some porn. So we're going to go hop over on the Patreon and talk about some of our favorite porns or some, some porn recommendations and discuss also something that Gray was just recently involved in. You'll have to pop over to Patreon Ooh. to see what we mean by that. Uh -oh. So head head on over there, and just remember, Noise Extra is for lovers. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over seventeen years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at Patreon.com/NoiseExtra. And your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at Noise Extra, on the web at NoiseExtra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at Noise Extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.